everybody. Welcome to St. Misbehaven, the podcast about saints from people who are not. I am your host, Matthew Shadorn, and I'm joined as always by my chief researcher slash lowest ranking member of the Saints Misbehaven organization, wow. Anna Domini. I had a one in two chance of being the highest ranking member of the organization. <laughs> well, there's a few other people that you may not be aware of that are between you <gasps> what? and who? the top of the organization. Oh my God. Have you uh, just like given Alice and Tavish titles? Without no, no. I mean, this isn't this isn't blind nepotism. Like Sarah, who made the theme song. Oh, fair. Okay, Sarah she's is higher great, up than you. Fair. She's also funnier than me. I don't know why she's not. She refused. The second. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's so, harsh. But I, she, but fair. Yeah, she she had no interest in this topic. You, however. <laughs> I'm so interested. You were so interested. Yeah. So interested. Anna, how have you been today? <laughs> I feel like you know the answer, Matthew. I have been drinking. That's how I've been. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a bank holiday, so we're recording for the sixth of June, but it's actually the thirtieth of May, which, as you know, well, you might not know because you don't currently work, but it's a bank holiday. Holiday. So I heard it was a bank holiday, yeah. We we have been celebrating. So there's no work tomorrow, so we've been drinking in a friend's garden. That's nice. <laughs> have you done anything particularly saintly or had anything miraculous happen lately? I did have a near death experience in a manner. <laughs> I feel like it's not, I feel like the manner that it is is that it wasn't a near death experience. Well, it could have been. Okay, so I ordered a load of stuff from Daily Info, which, as you know, is the listings website that I work for. Anyone in Oxford slash Oxfordshire can list stuff that they have for sale, uh-huh. right? And like it's regulated more than like Facebook Marketplace because we have actual humans checking stuff rather than algorithm. Right. So Danny and I decided that. As we live next to a park and it's summer, we wanted some badminton kits, like some badminton rackets, maybe some shuttlecock as well, because we thought it'd be great to have loads of park equipment that we could just take to the park next to our house. Is, does the you park know? have badminton courts? No, but you can just, you know, plonk them in the ground, set up the nets. All you okay. need really is a racket. So I was like, okay, we, we want some badminton rackets, but as you know, I'm very environmentally conscious, so I didn't want to buy them new. Mm-hmm. So I was like, obviously... Daily Info is the first place we should be looking. And lo and behold, went on Daily Info on the sports equipment page and there were a load of badminton rackets for sale. So I contacted the guy, but it turns out the guy selling the badminton rackets was also selling a load of other stuff. You know, we've just bought a flat that we need to furnish. So I looked at his other listings and uh-huh. I got badminton rackets, some photo frames, a cocktail making mm-hmm. set, the results of which you're maybe coming through the microphone right now. Right. And a few other like bits and bobs and this guy he'd put like a postcode near our postcode as his location of the listings so i sent him an email you can do it like anonymously and i sent him an email i was like hello i'm interested in these things but you know since you're quite nearby i could actually come and pick them up and he was like oh that's just uh, an address i put to to show that i'm nearby but I, I actually work there but i don't actually live there that i can deliver to you so let me know your address which mm. is a bit scary so i initially i let him know like my address but with a different door number <laughs> that was my idea for like safety but then but then those people would get murdered <laughs> yeah that's the thing when he showed up i heard him pressing the doorbell i was like oh shit i'm gonna have to just pretend that was a typo yeah. <laughs> so i went down and he was really strange and i was like oh so you got some like really cool stuff if you've been having a clear out and he was just like oh um uh, 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 um, uh, yes and so that made me instantly feel like he'd murdered someone right <laughs> you know if, 
like it was just a weird way of explaining how he'd got this stuff and then I was like oh can I PayPal you and he was like I'd really rather have cash and I was like well if I PayPal you I can do it like straight away whereas if you need cash I'll have to walk to the cash point to get get cash out and he was like well I can take you in my car and I was like no that's okay (laughs) (laughs) so I ended up walking to the shop to get the cash out and then walked back so he was happy to stay there for like 20 minutes while I went to the shop and back to get cash but I feel like you know you know that scene in Silence of the Lamps when the guy's like help me get this sofa in the van I feel like if I accepted his lift (laughs) then I might not be talking to you right now he was probably not a murderer he was probably just he was really strange like when you know explaining how he got all that stuff and it was like you know a pair of women's rollerblades some like photo frames that were and not wanting to be gender stereotypical but you know you wouldn't if you were a single man you wouldn't have that shit in your house is what i'm saying and so he he came across as quite quite murdery oh yeah (laughs) again he's probably just like your average like meth head who robbed somebody's house <laughs> but hang on hang on so i got the cash i brought it back to him i handed it over and it was like that should have been the end and he was like it seems very quiet around here do you find it's quiet and it was like that was ringing alarm bells <laughs> because it was like yes too quiet do you know what i mean like i was half yeah. expecting to get back into my flat and find he'd like chainsaw masked everyone in the building was you know? danny there yeah but okay. he was just he was already at work so he was like oh just on his computer but like yeah it was it was just a bit strange and i feel like a little bit like bit vulnerable for having given him my address well your neighbor's address yeah yeah but it was Uh, all very strange yeah and i think you know from a saintly perspective it counts as a near-death experience (laughs) i don't say that's very saintly but yeah he could have bundled me into the car is what i'm saying right right and i survived yes it's a a (laughs) harrowing tale of survival and i think so just call uh, me what was her name last week the one who lost her head no oh, that was several weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> just call me her what was yeah. her name saint um, solange solange that was it just call me saint solange so <laughs> i'm the patron that's... saint of obtaining secondhand homewares without getting murdered yeah good job <laughs> i haven't done anything saintly but I, well i haven't done anything particularly good but i have oh. i'm i'm doing a bit of evangelizing i got oh. I've, i'm trying to spread the gospel about of uh, this podcast no i'm trying to spread the gospel about the bagel button and have you heard the good news about the bagel button i have not heard the good news i'm ready to be evangelized about the bagel button <laughs> tell me okay. more so you have a toaster yes yes so on your toaster is a button oh that either says bagel or <laughs> or is a bagel <laughs> or is a bagel <laughs> or is see on mine it's shaped like a bagel which means oh that there's God. just a circle there. Are we gonna have to stop recording so I can go and investigate my toaster? <laughs> yeah, you might as well. Why don't you go check your toaster? Okay, <laughs> I'll be I'll be right back. I went and investigated my toaster. I don't think I have a bagel button on my toaster. Really? You must have yeah. an exceedingly cheap toaster. We probably do. Yeah. I think well, it was like ten pounds. Okay. Yeah. Well, most toasters of uh, <laughs> We're not minor amount. Of, yeah, of minor amount of quality uh-huh. will have a bagel button on their toaster. What? What's it look like? We've got a defrost button, 
an early eject button and then like a dial one to six for toaster intensity level. No, no, it's, there should be a, it's an a third button. button. Okay, we don't have that. So this I feel like this is a very elitist gospel. This is not elitist. How much did you spend on your toaster? It's maybe a 30 pound toaster and we only spent that much because we wanted one that was a specific color that like okay. matched our I'm kitchen. I'm sure we only had a 20 pound toaster. I mean, it's Russell Hobbs. It's not like Tesco own brand. Well, I don't know. Anyway, I the think point maybe is... you lucked out spending 30 quid on a toaster that happened to have a bagel button. I don't think you should be so bagel button normative. I feel like you're just assuming that your toaster is the default when actually you're very fancy. I don't think that we're that fancy. And honestly, I feel like this has been on every toaster I've had. Matthew, check your bagel privilege. Okay, <laughs> oh, <baby>. okay fine. <laughs> fine. It's my toaster privilege. But yes. Yeah. The, okay, so but here's the thing. If <laughs> What's you it are... do? Does it make the grills like wider so they can fit half you know, a bagel if in? You let me, if you let me explain, <laughs> If you weren't just constantly jumping down my throat. Sorry, the, the Jewish side of me is like really <laughs> eager to learn about this. <laughs> Yes. So the way this came up is I was watching Alice make a bagel and I was like, why aren't you using the bagel button? And she was like, the what button? <laughs> and I was like, the bagel button. It's right there. It's always, have you never used the bagel button when you're making bagels? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh. oh. My God. And so she didn't know about this. And I found out this weekend Maybe that her sister American didn't know. Thing. It's not, it's on European Old toasters. toasters. Yeah. yeah. But bagels um, are more American. Maybe. But so here's what it does. So what yeah. you do is you, you cut the bagel in half. <laughs> mm -hmm. You put the bagel in so that the cut sides are facing each other yeah when you press the bagel button it turns off the heating elements on the outside oh and just does it on the inside yeah so it just toasts the cut side of the bagel but then the uh, rest of the bagel is still Stays. soft and chewy that is very clever to be it fair. is it is very nice and it makes for a bagel better <laughs> the bagel better experience a better bagel <laughs> experience that's a new tongue twister for our age yeah better bagel be bagel better, better, better bagel experience <laughs> yeah but here's the other thing uh-huh that you can also use the the bagel button for buns you can use it for english muffins you can use it for all sorts of things just those three things but but like i'm saying if 90 percent of toasters except for the very low-end toasters that i have yes that you have yeah which you know as it you know you're not you don't Go on. you're you're very young but you uh, haven't learned the simple you. pleasure of a quality toaster a quality. Just a quality i mean if toaster. it if it turns the bread from like floppy and white to like a bit firmer and brown I feel like it's done its job. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to get the good that word is, out there. I feel like that's overly sophisticated. It's not. It's very simple <laughs> and it makes the bagel experience more enjoyable. To be fair, I don't think I've ever made bagels in my current toaster. So, well. so like, clearly it's not a need that I have, perhaps. <laughs> All right. Anyway, a, thank you for evangelizing about this. I'm, it's it's not very just helpful. about you. I'm trying to teach our audience. I want people that to know. That is good. You've you've added value for our listeners there. That's mm. very commercially savvy. Anyways, enough about <laughs> this nonsense. Anna, today is June 6th. Thank God it's June the 6th. Because that's what I researched for. <laughs> I was also uh, on pins and needles. <laughs> <laughs> about whether it would be like, oh, I thought it was the 12th. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have November 3rd here in my nose. <laughs> This is yes. what happens when you don't pay your stuff, okay? Well, you know, if you want to move up in the ranks, you're going to have to start getting these dates right. And uh, <laughs> so you're on the good, you're on the, the first step. So. I, yes. Anna, it's June 6th. Who is, is today's saint? Today's saint is Saint Norbert of Xanten. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, was, I thought you'd enjoy his name. Was was Saint Norbert of Xanten picked solely based on his name? Mainly, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's the deal his with, deal? Yeah, what's that guy's up to? Norbert. Norbert. So Norbert 
was born in Zanton, as you might predict <laughs> from his name. <laughs> okay, which... <laughs> follow-up question. <laughs> Where is Zanton? Where is Zanton, yeah. Well, it's funny you should ask because the, the other half of that sentence okay. was near Rhineland, or the, sorry, the Rhineland in Germany. Oh, okay. So he grew up and was educated in Zanton uh-huh. in the electorate of Cologne. So I'm guessing it's kind of near France because that sounds kind of French, but I don't know. Cologne? I don't know. Uh-huh. It's part of Germany, right? Yeah, but it sounds a little bit French. Wait, when was this again? So he was alive from around 1075 to 1134. So okay. some people say he was born in 1080. <laughs> but those people don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, it, you know, it was medieval, so our exact dates and indeed geography are a right. bit sketchy but we know that his father Herbert mm. <laughs> wow that's one of those episodes huh <laughs> uh, his father Herbert Count of Genep was a member of high nobility of the Holy Roman Empire wait he was the Count of Genep yeah so he was a big aristo so his dad was Herbert the Count of Genep but he was of Xanthum so I feel like Xanthum was probably an area in Genep Oh, okay. So it was like his dad was in charge of everywhere and he was born in a specific place. Okay. He was also related to the House of Lorraine. Oh, the famous quiche makers. Yes. (laughs) There's sadly nothing about his quiche making abilities. So Norbert, through the influence of his family, he obtained a financial subsidy from the parish church of St. Victor at Zanton, and so he accepted ordination to the subdeaconate. So basically, he chose to go into the church because he got, like, a grant. (laughs) Classic case of, like, you know, the aristocracy scraping money from the state, but no one ever complains about that because they're all focused on alleged benefit fraud, right? Yeah. It's like (laughs) the people are, like, I come from a privileged background, so I Mm -hmm. can get an unpaid internship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like that, that meme of, like, what's classy if you're rich, but trashy if you're poor it's like taking money from the state right or working for free (laughs) yeah exactly wait so he got a grant from the church Uh uh-huh to be to start being a a subdeacon okay okay so he's a well-connected yes deacon subdeacon yeah subdeacon he's an aristocrat so how does the subdeacon mm. work in the rank of the church i feel like it's a bit like how like a lot of posh girls become like executive assistants or personal assistants it's just like Mm. i'm posh and therefore i can get the work done right so is it so okay so he is like the assistant to the deacon yeah i reckon so okay i was wondering (laughs) if it was like regional manager yeah or some kind of assistant regional manager versus assistant to the regional manager yeah yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) so according to the catholic encyclopedia he had a stately bearing a penetrating intellect a tender earnest heart which marked him as a future apostle however you know that's really funny because that used to be my tinder bio (laughs) but a According to Catholic Online, there was a very very different account that said the early part of his life was devoted to the world and its pleasures. He entered upon the ecclesiastical state in a worldly spirit. He'd moved easily from the comforts of the noble family he was born into to the pleasure-loving German court. 
He had no hesitations about joining in any opportunity to enjoy himself, no matter what the source of that pleasure. Okay. So we can just speculate about how he used his connections to further his own entertainment. Yeah, so he was a real party boy. I yeah. love the phrase, it's like, no matter what the source of the pleasure. <laughs> and it feels like there's like a wink or something, like yeah. an implied wink or like, you know, it's like, we all, you know what we mean, right? Like, <laughs> Yes, I, uh... I couldn't get any extrapolation on that, but... Yeah. That was from Catholic Online, so I feel like they wouldn't really have gone into much more detail about that's that. Some, that's some kinky sex stuff. Yeah, and pretty by, much. You know, but like middle-aged kinky sex stuff. So like... and, and from a Catholic perspective, that would be like, you know, asking a woman for her consent and then yeah. <laughs> not leading to uh, procreation afterwards. Foreplay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. this is, these are all... All, all kinds <laughs> of bastardly sins, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he kissed a woman before penetrating her. How oh. dare he? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what Jesus wanted. That's not what Jesus wanted. <laughs> no, yeah. Wait, so, uh, I, I feel like it's time to disclaim, like, you know, the official position of St. Misbehaving Podcast is that... Uh, you should you always know, kiss enthusi- a woman at least once before a <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you know, enthusiastic consent is important. But oh, yes, yeah, enthusiastic consent translate it as that or you know or kiss a man once before penetrating him yes so. not not women any anyone Anybody. um also ask <laughs> also ask no actually let's let's reverse those let's do say asking first yeah yeah before any kind of sexual <laughs> enthusiastic consent is important but yeah not so much in the middle ages maybe uh no or it was probably important to a number of people but they didn't have as much say in uh, what was happening as... yes I love the Middle Ages for for feminism and sex positivity. So this is a fun fact. So as a subdeacon, you asked what his deal was as a subdeacon. And I can tell you now, his only task was to chant the divine office at the church. So... (laughs) <laughs> he didn't even have to have a good singing voice. He's oh, literal. Okay. He's he was paid for chanting. This is a real make work kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're really connected, and it's like, hey, can you give my kid a job? Like, yeah, we've got a really important thing for you to do. You just have to repeat this one phrase over and over. So it's like he's probably like the youngest son of this count. Yeah. He's a real fuck up. He's just mm-hmm. going around drinking a bunch. Yeah. Doing drugs, screwing everything that moves. Yeah. Any source of pleasure, he'll be in that. Right. They're like, hey. You need to get a job. <laughs> I set you up with this this job with the church. You literally cannot fuck it up. It's you literally can't... just learning one phrase and saying it over and over again. Yeah, it's like you got to come in on Sunday. You you have to do like ten minutes of work, and then you can just do whatever you want <laughs> for the rest that's of the week. Your whole salary. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and you and you get paid for this. It's, yeah, it's it's total. This is like total make work nepotism. You know, right? it's like we're just gonna give you a sweet job somewhere in not the government because you know whatever the church. Next I guess the thing. church is yeah pretty much there. Yeah, but so. would you believe that no. was too much to ask? <laughs> So he paid someone a small fee to take his place in the choir. Oh, man. (laughs) This guy. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I feel like I respect him more for that. I mean, yeah, I see where he's coming from because he's like, I don't want to be in this church. I want to go do I want to go live my life. I want to go fuck people. Yeah, I want to go have sex with people. (laughs) I heard about there's this crazy new thing going around called a hand job. I want to go see what that's about. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm heading to Paris to discover that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like I just want to drink and have fun and not waste mm -hmm. my life in a church. No one wants to be. I mean, what what a shit. Because like you know, getting paid to sing that's kind of the dream, especially if you're not great at it. You know, it's like singing's really good for you. Is getting it? Getting stuff off your chest. Like yeah, it's like when I worked for a cancer charity, we used to have singing for well-being sessions because it was like you know just singing. It, it's like the same kind of mechanism as your in your body as like yelling so you're literally just pushing stuff off your chest right it's like really good for you were you singing songs or were you just singing your anxieties <laughs> like i hate my boss <laughs> he sucks he's always micromanaging me <laughs> that was pretty much it but you know when also we said something inappropriate about my blouse the other day and i'm not really <laughs> sure how to take it anyway the point was that singing did help but but not yeah. enough that i stayed <laughs> okay. but uh yeah hey guys cancer's a real super bummer so i'm gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> do you know Anna who's a out. bigger bummer than cancer my boss um, <laughs> i i hasten yeah. to add like ex-boss <laughs> yeah sorry so, we, we've got off the so yeah i mean i don't know i think that if i didn't sing well i would uh -huh. hate to for that to be my job well if and you also, were rich as well and you could get away with just pay like you say you were being paid ten dollars an hour to sing and you just or euros because we're mm. in germany marks Mark. who knows what it was in in the 11th century doubloons yes six chickens i don't know whatever so you're being offered six chickens per hour right. to sing and you can offer some servant four chickens per hour right you're getting two chickens per hour for fuck all did you ever hear about that guy who he did some silicon valley like coding job and he got paid right. like seventy thousand dollars a year wow and he realized that he could hire somebody in india to do the job oh god for like ten thousand dollars a year oh no <laughs> so he just hired this guy to do all his work for him and just, you know pocketed sixty thousand yeah. dollars for nothing and and tell me that guy was elon musk <laughs> that young man man's name <laughs> yeah it was uh you know that's yeah you've got to work smarter not harder actually apparently yeah. they eventually got caught and mm -hmm. fired well that's good hopefully the indian guy got a job out of it yes you'd hope so probably not but no <laughs> i think it was i think this was the guy it was like he became horribly addicted to video games right. because he had nothing to do all day so yeah because he, like, he was just like, making video. silly money doing nothing yeah so instead of like doing something with his life he was like yeah to be fair you can sink a lot of time into video games like i That's have fair. a full-time job and i still spend a lot of time playing video games you like should it... take that time and focus it on this podcast <laughs> I mean, I'm insulted that you're implying that I haven't based on the quality of this research. I'm just saying we could go up to weekly if you weren't playing something. Oh, video. God. Oh, God. Maybe. I mean, if you start paying me, I might start respecting you. <laughs> Hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I respect you for you know I'm promoting you up around wow now you're the what second a, lowest what a ranking. moment we've had <laughs> L live on this podcast been promoted what a day yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm drunk at work as well <laughs> I know imagine See, what I could achieve if I was sober what were we talking about yeah so, so he... this guy is a boss and he was paying someone else right to do his one hour of singing a week or whatever right but while someone else was singing in his place uh -huh. he was becoming a friend slash religious counselor slash chaplain to the emperor henry v in cologne now okay. i don't know if that's the henry v that's like in the shakespeare plays or if it's a henry v in germany hmm. well wasn't that henry v an english well, monarch the same one well i think there's king henry v and emperor henry v so yeah, yeah 
this was Henry V of the Holy Roman Empire. So I think right. he's he's a German fifth Henry as opposed to an English one. Probably called Heinrich. Heinrich the Weiss. What's the German I don't word? I don't know German. <laughs> as you know from the flesh house anecdote. Yes. I thought you were gonna be like he's actually doesn't want to do the singing. He wants to go out and he wants to help yeah. like the poor and impoverished. No, no, he just wanted to become friends with the Emperor, yeah. With the Emperor, yeah. He's just using this time to suck up to the Emperor. So he's networking basically. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he wants to get back in that court mm -hmm. and you know get invited to parties and things and get yeah. out of the the lame church life yes exactly right. but so basically according to what i've read the salaries from his family fund and from the royal treasury for counseling henry v were enough to like allow him to live like a nobleman okay. so it was like the church was a profession that you could get into for status right without actually doing any of the the commitment to the poor as you say the the like religious stuff it was more about status right it turns out that organized religion allows people to garner quite a bit of power so <laughs> knock if me you were down saying, with a feather what this if is you news an unscrupulous person say yeah, not you that could get far in the church i mean here here's the thing it's been two thousand <laughs> years of history yeah. in the church things have changed since then well i mean i'm just saying like you know you're gonna have one bad apple so yeah. it's good that we've, at least you know, one we've got, we got him out of the way now yeah yeah we got this norbert he's done <laughs> you know i was like it's a blip you know yeah. and now and everything's better it's like you know when barack obama became president of the u.s no more racism right it's the same thing similar so yeah. this guy mm -hmm. persian all the badness he was the bad guy in the church and then everything's been fine since. everybody learned their lesson yeah. and they said okay well we'll put some guardrails in here so this doesn't happen again and yeah. never did and everything's been fine since then you heard it here first on the so wait so behaving pod yeah uh so this guy's a saint right yeah so, things had to change obviously yeah i was gonna say is there a turn here does he have a near-death experience himself, <laughs> no, or? He, he's just the saint of drinking fucking <laughs> Having a great time. But yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. no, he, he avoided ordination to the priesthood and even declined an appointment as Bishop of Cambrai in <laughs> 1113, which suggests to me that his colleagues were not great judges of character <laughs> based on everything he was doing. Like, you should be a bishop. I, I right. feel like that's not. Well, this again feels like his dad stepping in like, yeah. uh, can you just give him a diocese just, and make yeah. him a bishop? Like, well, because if he wasn't a priest, like, so he's jumping the line from priest to bishop. Yes. Yeah. And it's uh, like, and I, I think it's like, well, you're you're posh, so you could get away with it. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's obviously he comes from a good family. He'd be a yes. great bishop. Yes. Because, and then because like maybe clearly you know having a lot of privilege means you're well equipped to look after a nation yeah as we know maybe it was like he would be the bishop of this like an island in the middle of the baltic sea or something like <laughs> the it place just, like, that just did not matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh fucking they were like his dad gave us a ton of money should we just make him let's make him a bishop of this yeah that was island. probably like, it you know there's only sheep on that island like, <laughs> yes I am the bishop oh. of the sheep. That would be fun if that was his thing. Yeah. If he was the saint of sheep. I don't know. Um, I, after hearing about this guy, I feel like he'd be molesting those sheep. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you'll be thrilled to know that he had a conversion experience in that case. <laughs> Despite already being fairly high up in the clergy, yes. he suddenly had a conversion experience. <laughs> Indeed. So, are you ready for this? <laughs> I don't think I am, but let's go anyway. <laughs> so, one day 
in the spring of 1115, uh-huh. so the year 1115 years after our Lord. <laughs> yeah, we know how time works. Let's... Thank you. As he rode his horse to Vraden in the western part of the Munsterland, which See... sounds like a great place. <laughs> now, wait, is this where Munster cheese comes from? <laughs> That's a good point. Oh my God. I. I... You're going to sidetrack me, aren't you? I should look that up. Wait, no, I think you said it was from France. Yes. Well, it's it's all because the region was differently defined, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. So France, Germany, it was like all the same. Mm. I, I feel like you hired me to be research, not geography. I, so. forget, I forget I'm not supposed to ask you geography questions. That was explicitly <laughs> in your contract. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's in Germany, but it's like north of the Rhine slash Westphalia, which I think was like, you know, France and Germany are near each other. Let's right. just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, France and Germany are near each other. But this part is not anywhere near <laughs> France. And forget, you know, forget it, forget it. There's no reason to go down this rabbit hole. It could be. It's it could a, be. Know. It's near, it's on the borders of the Netherlands. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> this is a comedy slash theological <laughs> history podcast. <laughs> geography is tangential. Yeah. You know what you need to turn into our geography podcast? Ain't map behaving. Nice. <laughs> okay. So he was on his way to Munsterland. Yeah. And- Suddenly, a storm kicked up. Uh-huh. So it was a, it was a bruise. Is he going to end up at Dracula's castle? <laughs> <laughs> well, his horse's foot got struck by lightning. <laughs> huh. Uh-huh. Wait, what's his... Okay, okay. Because <laughs> what I know about lightning is it likes uh-huh. to strike the highest point uh-huh. of an object. Well, I think maybe it, like, it, it just missed his actual horse, so it struck the ground at his horse's feet. Oh, okay, okay. That makes more sense, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so the horse freaked out, mm-hmm. reared up, and threw its rider off. Okay. So Norbert was thrown to the ground, uh-huh. which knocked him out, uh-huh. and he was unconscious for nearly an hour. Hmm. Such that not even the thunder or the pounding rain would wake him up. Okay. It was said to have been nearly fatal throwing off. So I, I guess he probably like hit his head as he got thrown off. Sure. I've fallen off a horse and I stayed conscious. So yeah. where's my sainthood? <laughs> yeah, I'm not some <laughs> pussy like this Norbert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Can't even fall good. off of a horse. <laughs> Grow a sack, man. <laughs> they say that like to ride a horse properly, you have to fall off seven times. I feel like he would never have been a good horse rider mm. at this point. Well, you know, hey, but if you fall off seven times, you have have to fall off that first time right that's so true you can't you really fault somebody die. for falling off the... yeah it's like he's clearly got a lot of learning to do yeah that's about true. falling <laughs> you know being in the upper echelons of society he'd never been at the bottom right no. so this was a learning experience but no it was said to have been near fatal and therefore profoundly humbling uh-huh. so he woke up from this unconsciousness or coma and his first words were lord what do you want me to do which mm-hmm. coincidentally with the same words spoken by Saul slash Paul uh-huh. on the road to Damascus, which huh. you know we don't know. Big conversion. Was it coincidental because he never once paid attention to, <laughs> to anything in church, yeah, yet, or the Bible? Yeah. So it was like, oh wow, that was actually yeah, we, in the Bible. We can tell that it was genuine because there's no way he would have revised that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and apparently. In response to his question, he heard in his heart nothing to do with potentially having a head injury at this point. No. (laughs) (laughs) Turn from evil and do good. Mm -hmm. Seek peace and pursue it. So this was a big conversion event, basically. Right. 
slash delusion from hitting his head. <laughs> the jury's yeah. out. You know what? It's it's as far as head injuries go, this seems like a more productive one <laughs> than most people get. Yeah, they're like you you want to start off being a dickhead and then get a head in, head injury rather than the other way around. The other way around, yeah. You know. So the the voice says, "Do good." Mm-hmm. Seat piece. <laughs> it's like, hey, have you tried not being an asshole? Yeah, <laughs> basically. He heard it in his heart. He did. Which famous hearing organ, the heart. <laughs> Not disturbing at all. No, uh, yeah. yeah, his faith <laughs> deepened. He renounced his appointment at court and mm. he returned to his Hampton to lead a life of penance. Oh, okay. Wait. So it was a genuine conversion event. Right. Okay. Good for him. So he was penance like, he and was good works and stuff. Yeah. So he was in the church for the, the status and the money and the connections. Right. As most then of we, us are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly we are. So yeah. we're making a lot of friends through this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> making uh, a lot of money. There's a lot of corruption. <laughs> Yeah, we are definitely, we're so corrupt now. We're just like, yeah. we take all our filthy lucre and we just we use it to just to buy drugs and alcohol and cockfights. Wow. <laughs> Please subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good causes. <laughs> so, yeah, he basically turned his life around mm-hmm. from this point. Good for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, up to this point, you were like, why is this guy a saint? I mean, clearly he's a legend, but why yeah. a saint? <laughs> sure. I mean, like, he seems like a really fun dude to be around. Yeah, but probably not, not so actually. Holy. Probably, he was probably a, a, a dick. A narcissist, but, yeah. Yeah. But after this point, his faith deepened. He mm-hmm. renounced his appointment in court and he returned to, li- to Zanton to lead a life of penance, placing himself under the direction of Kono, the abbot of St. <laughs> Siegeberg near Cologne. Wait, wait. How long was that? Conan... The abbot of of where? Kono, the abbot of St. Siegeberg near Cologne. Oh, St. Siegeberg. That sounds like a tongue twister, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, also, I love the name of a town called Siegeberg. They're just like... <laughs> like They're always just getting attacked. Yeah, it's like we're constantly understanding. Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just call ourselves Siegeberg because apparently every passing army feels like just they need to lay to siege to our us. goddamn town. Yeah. <laughs> I sadly I couldn't find anything further on Siegeberg, so maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Which makes sense if it was always under siege. It's probably yeah, they were like you know what guys, different we, kingdom now. We tried to make a go of it <laughs> in Siegeberg. I feel like it's the best thing is that we just go our separate ways. Yeah, that's fair. So in gratitude to Kono, I guess for for his advice, in 1115 Norbert founded the Abbey of Furstenberg, which I feel like we've heard of before, and I'm not sure why. Well, maybe all the bergs sound similar. I think the bergs start to run together. <laughs> okay, well, we'll leave that thread then. It's much better than the Abbey of Seckenberg, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, anyways. So yeah, Norbert founded the Abbey of Furstenberg. Okay. And endowed it with a portion of his property. So uh-huh. he's actually spending money on the church at this point, rather than just Rather taking. than just draining the church of its wealth, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and he made it over to Kono and Kono's Benedictine successors. So he was giving away his wealth, which is oh, okay. like a big change for for old Norbs. Mm. And he was ordained to the priesthood shortly after that. So it's like he resisted priesthood beforehand, presumably because of celibacy, I'm guessing. Yeah, so probably. now he's like, okay, I, I'm not going to fuck no more. 
<laughs> it was probably still a little bit like, like like a little bit right like no no, no <laughs> not at all really just like not even wait but i just found out about this thing called a hand job that's that's okay, right? <laughs> it's the latest trend <laughs> it's, it's the, everybody's doing it in paris <laughs> also i mean like you know well i guess if you're a priest you can still drink wine and stuff so mm. it's probably all right but the point is you know he was much more sincere he was more pious now yeah yeah exactly and sincere, yeah like he was actually he like oh i actually believe this garbage now so. <laughs> <laughs> because i had a head injury <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they were like all the other priests were like wait you you believe it because of what and another priest was like no no no, no don't 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 rock the boat it's fine <laughs> did you see that video of like there was some guy i think nigel farage had a radio show where you could phone in uh-huh. and someone phoned him up and he was like nigel i gotta hand it to you i never believed in brexit but i I had a profound event in my life that made me realize that you were right and i now fully believe that the uk shouldn't be part of the eu and that's all thanks to this profound event in my life that made me realize that you were right and nigel farage was like what was that event and the the caller (laughs) solid farage by the way thank you (laughs) and the the caller was like i was kicked in the head by a horse (laughs) and farage just looks like really pissed off as you can imagine (laughs) I feel like this is a similar sort of conversion process. Yeah. I mean, he must have had other friends in the clergy who were like, who were all like, can you believe what we're getting away with now? (laughs) And then when he actually was like, wait, they're like, wait, you really believe this shit? Yeah, totally. Well, it's interesting you should bring that up because the level of transformation that he went through and like the conversion meant that a lot of people denounced him as a hypocrite because they were like... (laughs) You know, he, he'd suddenly been all bible uh-huh. and everyone was like, you're just, you know, some dickhead. Why, you know, we don't think that you're sincere. Oh, okay. One cleric even spat in his face. It's like... <laughs> Is it harsh? Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like Norbert, yeah, has a lot similar trajectory to Nigel Farage. Actually, you know what? Because obviously I... someone threw a milkshake at Farage. Oh, so that's it's classic. like a similar um, uh, analogous. I feel like before Norbert got sincere, like <laughs> uh-huh. he had probably like been in this cleric's church and like gotten really drunk and yeah. pissed in the holy water. And so <laughs> like, he like hadn't seen him since and he's just like, he's like, he's like, hey, I believe now. And like, yeah, it's like, dude. fuck it's you. Fun. Yeah. I, I'll yeah. believe you if you clean up this piss that's still here. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see why he started giving away a lot of money because it's like, well, does this change your mind? Yeah. Oh my God. You would not this believe. This bag of gold ducats. <laughs> Brace yourself, Matthew, because that's exactly what happened. Oh. So to prove that he wasn't a hypocrite, Norbert responded to this criticism by giving away everything he owned to the poor. Mm. And he went to the Pope for permission to preach and became an itinerant preacher which meant he traveled around preaching stuff Hmm. (laughs) by stuff you mean the word of the lord (laughs) yes yeah that's that is exactly what i mean (laughs) not just like hey guys you know when you're next horse riding just pay attention to the beauty of nature it wasn't like that (laughs) it's like hey next time you're horse riding uh keep an eye on the weather you know (laughs) (laughs) don't wear any metal if you're going horse riding in a storm yeah yeah don't end up like me with a massive head injury that makes you want to give away all your money (laughs) (laughs) i feel like more people need to get that kind of head injury fair it's too bad rich people don't ride horses as much as they used to yeah but anyway apparently his ministry was characterized by quote an irrepressible urge for action and wandering okay an irrepressible urge for action and wandering also Uh sounds like the description of like the lone ranger (laughs) 
So he's like <laughs> riding from town to town, writing wrongs and yeah. <laughs> getting into fights and then he but moves on. But also with no real direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he preached throughout lands in what is now Western Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands and Northern France. Yeah. And he was credited with a number of miracles such as casting out demons and restoring oh. sight to a blind woman. I feel like restoring sight to a blind woman, that's kind of fair enough. But casting out demons is the kind of miracle that you can just say happened without actually doing anything. But, you know, then what happened to all the demons? Well, they're just gone. Yeah, that's Matt, what I'm saying. <laughs> I just cast a demon out of you. <laughs> then, you can't you know prove what? that I didn't. Thank you for that. I feel You're welcome. A lot better now. I'm a saint now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, we have to do that three times. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's another one in there. So just no, you can't just do it to brace me. yourself. <laughs> Okay, bring bring Tavish in here, please. <laughs> There's no demons in my baby. <laughs> Not that you know of, but oh. I'm holy and I'm telling you. <laughs> we I used to have a Pekingese. So Pekingese are useless looking little dogs. They're adorable, uh-huh. but they're just like scrunchy faced and like they have a weird underbite. And you're yeah. like, why do they even breed these? And so they were bred. <laughs> we found out they were bred in China to eat demons. And oh, <laughs> we were fair. like, that's, that's why they're squashed faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, that's great. They just run around eating demons. They look like pugs, but with really long hair. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have the same kind of squashed up face, but yeah, yeah much longer. Very hair. unhealthy. They're adorable, yeah. <laughs> adorably got... unhealthy. Well, I, I we got that one from the shelter. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Anna, where were we with this guy? Oh, you want to know about the saint now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so he went around... Western Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Northern France being credited mm-hmm. for a number of miracles, such as casting out demons and restoring sight to a blind woman. Right. So they're pretty legit miracles. Right. Although, as I said, I think casting out demons is a bit of a, a cop out. Well, I don't know. In the in that in those days, I think casting out demons was like a catch all. It was a big doing deal. Yeah. A lot of healing like, stuff, healing things, yeah. like that, or even like maybe minor amounts of psychotherapy. <laughs> Basically, pay anyone the tiniest bit of attention and yeah. that will make them feel better. Yeah, if you listen to somebody for, for 30 minutes in the Middle Ages, it's it hysterical. really cleared up a lot of things. Yeah, that's very fair. So he travelled around, basically as a like a preliminary to setting up his own gaff. Gaff? Monastery type place. Okay. So he was kind of going around learning from other religious communities, I guess. Okay. So at some point he went to Paris okay. and then he went on to Clairvaux at Citeaux. That's apparently a place. Sounds fancy. It sounds, sounds fancy. That's my GCSE French kicking yeah. in there. It, there he would have seen the Cistercian reforms among the monks. <laughs> what is that? I don't really know. But there was an administrative system that was like shaped by the Cistercians where they'd created an international federation of monasteries with centralized power Mm. but they they had local houses that had certain amount of independence so they 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 had like a load of reforms that were written up into a charter of charity that would significantly affect Norbert apparently in his own future work so I guess he was kind of like an intern at this point like looking at how people organize their own religious monastic communities oh okay so he I guess you know he had his conversion experience and then he did a sort of gap year type thing sure so you know he's, it sounds like he's traveling around he's having you taking know, it a, a bit seriously i think yeah, yeah. Or like apprenticeships and yeah yeah like yeah. A, a monk one of those <laughs> yeah okay a, a nunturnship if you will <laughs> yes <laughs> 
And so, as I said, a lot of the people who'd known him in his former kind of clerical life denounced him as a hypocrite. They didn't believe that he'd had this conversion. (laughs) Which is a very Christian attitude to have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When people tell you they've changed, to be like, oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. People don't change. (laughs) We know. They said, what would Jesus do? Jesus would tell him to fuck off. And then spit in his face. (laughs) Yeah, very Christian. So in an extreme response to his old ways, and I think also sort of to try and prove that he had fully converted and he was taking it all seriously, he chose the most difficult ways to travel in his missions. (laughs) Okay. To the point where he would... Coach! <laughs> no, so worse. I'm travelling third class. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much, you know, he'd gone from travelling on a, a fancy pedigree horse to walking barefoot in the middle of winter through snow and ice. That is pretty extreme, right? You know what? I'm going to go too extreme. Too extreme. <laughs> well, two of his companions would probably agree because guess what? <laughs> <laughs> they had to chisel him out of some ice. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. So two of his companions following him on his barefoot journey through snow and ice died from exposure. Were they also barefoot? I, I imagine so, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what irony? Like the, the Sherpas I hired or like <laughs> the porters these, I hired. These Sherpas were... are very substandard. They couldn't even handle minus five degrees in barefoot. Yeah. I want a refund. Yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> The, there was an article, I couldn't actually open it because I think it was from a very old website, but it was called like, The Saint Whose Devotion Killed Two Disciples. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy. He was so devoted. So saintly that he killed his friends. Like, I can imagine as well, like, do you believe me now? Do you believe I'm holy? I've just killed my two friends. Am I holy enough for you? Like dragging their corpses up to the church. Look, here's Steve and Tony. They're dead now. I killed them because I was wandering through the snow because you didn't believe me. Yeah, pretty much. But also, like, where was Jesus in this? Like, surely if they were trying to prove how holy Norbert was, Jesus could have been like, mate, they don't have to die. Look, I'll just I'll just heal them. They'll be okay. But no, these guys had to die so that people would believe that Norbert was serious about being holy now. Also, I feel like this kind of performative <laughs> holiness mm-hmm. is also like just be good nobody needs to know <laughs> if you're good just be good for your own sake right. like i don't yeah. know like yeah if they don't want to believe who you are then then i don't know you screw can't really, them yeah. yeah it's like you can't do anything to change that it's no like, no no, be... no. That, did, matthew if people don't believe you're holy you have to kill your friends that's yeah. <laughs> jesus said that i'm fairly sure you are it's like he's just running up and just like be like i'm gonna be the most pious motherfucker you ever <laughs> saw and you're all gonna be sorry <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it feels like he should have just been like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I do yeah. because I believe in it. It's like, yeah. no, I need you to believe that I believe it. It's yeah, like, he d- <laughs> I feel like he went to two extreme lengths to try and prove himself. Yeah. And that's a good lesson for everyone to yeah. like ignore the haters. <laughs> yeah. Don't murder your friends to prove that you believe something. If you, yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't don't... say murder. That's not fair. Manslaughter. Yeah. 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 Look, come on. Alleged. Um, <laughs> we don't want to get sued. Look, no. So, like, again. <laughs> yeah. 
like that's the thing is like yeah if you are doing something and you believe in it and you believe in yourself like if people don't that believe, should be enough that should be enough yeah you don't have to like you don't have to prove shit to anybody like if yeah. you want to like whatever you want to do with your life you know as long yeah. as it's not hurting anybody which this is actively hurting somebody it literally is hurting people yeah his two friends i mean i guess his two friends could have stopped at any time but at the same I don't yeah know. but god who knows i mean they really the friends who remain unnamed in this whole account they should be yeah. the ones who are saints really i'm starting to feel like this this didn't happen <laughs> like he got wherever he was going Wait, and what? Was like you walked your barefoot yeah and i oh a couple guys <laughs> back there and, and actually he him. just went by himself but with really thick boots and then took them off just before he got <laughs> to church <laughs> it's like that's amazing <laughs> yeah there were two other guys here they, yeah. they died <laughs> who were they you wouldn't know well should we go find their bodies like no, I don't no, know. Wolves, wolves got them. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about they're it. with jesus now <laughs> yeah that's all that's important <laughs> Yeah, so, so the, okay. the patron saint of going too far to prove yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, clearly impressed. The Bishop of Léon in France uh-huh. asked Norbert to reform the canons in his see. Hmm. But the canons wanted nothing to do with Norbert's type of reform. I can't imagine why based on... <laughs> I'm sorry, can you explain what the canons are? Because I don't... Wait, his church had canons and it was like... I think a canon is like a high up priest... Okay. Yeah, basically his contemporary high up priests saw Norbert's attitude towards religion as too strict, which <laughs> is kind of understandable, I'd right. say, at this point, having okay. killed people. Right. So the the Bishop of Lyon was like, I like the cut of your jib, son. Sorry. Yeah, not, not Lyon. 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 Different place. So Lyon is spelled L-E-O-N and Lyon is spelled L-A-O-N. Wow. <laughs> and they're different places in France, apparently. Okay. There's a it's fun like, geography lesson for you there. It's like off-brand Lyon. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. So he, so the Bishop of Lyon is like, I need your help because these priests I have, I need them reformed. Yeah. I need them to die of being barefoot in the snow. <laughs> yeah. So he just, so he's like, I got this guy from out of town. Mm-hmm. He just trudged here in the snow. I'm just going to make him do my dirty work and yeah. fire all these priests that I don't want to fire. I think so. Yeah. Mm. So I think he just, he saw him as very pious and was like, this guy is bishop material. This guy gets it. Yeah. Oh, kill your friends, but dedicated to Jesus? That's our man. But a lot of the bishop's colleagues were like, no, this guy's nuts. No, thank you. Also fair counterpoint. Yeah. (laughs) This is what happened. I'm fairly sure this is what happens at like religious councils. Someone's like, I want to do some reforms and everyone's like, this guy's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, Norbert had the last laugh because he's a saint now. (laughs) So the bishop like was trying to keep Norbert on side but clearly Uh Norbert was like rubbing up a lot of people the wrong way so he offered Norbert the opportunity to start his own religious community Uh and do things his way yeah screw you guys I'm gonna start my own monastery yeah it's (laughs) like let's put him in rural France where he can't hurt anybody (laughs) it's just like people around here don't like you Uh, (laughs) what if you just went what if you just fucked off to the middle of nowhere yeah basically So on Christmas Day, 1120, Norbert uh-huh. established the Canons Regular of Prémontre, which had 13 canons in it. So I guess okay. they were his friends. Oh, okay. And it was a very strict sort of place. Uh-huh. So somewhere I read that basically he applied 
the kind of revolutionary attitude that he'd gained from his own sort of conversion uh-huh. he he had that revolutionary zeal that he applied to religion as well so it's like everything changed for me so everything needs to change all over for, the place for all of the faith yes okay so this was controversial because he w- he wanted to change things up basically Seems like, um, yeah i can see how that would be yeah so <laughs> at this point everybody's like hey we had a good thing going like, yeah. even the ones who like believed were like hey come on guys. <laughs> pretty much so it's, it's that classic it? like zeal of the convert kind of thing right right yeah Ugh, so people are annoying it, yeah <laughs> totally so i feel like he was more fun before he was saintly to be honest because mm. it's like he was a fun asshole and now he's mm-hmm. just like a really strict asshole now actually. now he's just like one of those annoying people that's just like holier than thou kind of thing yeah and it's like you got to have all the fun in your youth because you were rich and now you're saying that no one else can be but despite the strictness of his community or perhaps because of it <laughs> his his place attracted many disciples oh, okay. his ideas pretty popular so i think it's like there was so much corruption about at the time that people wanted this like authoritarian change because it was it was a bit different oh yeah so he's like a strong man leader and people yeah. are like oh i just like that he's a strong... yeah people are attracted to fascism sometimes it's yeah, weird but that. you know yeah. it's happening right now so yeah. is it <laughs> i haven't uh, oh, i didn't gosh. notice that's the problem matthew we need people to notice oh, okay <laughs> guys guys there's fascism there's fascism we're just a jolly comedy podcast about saints but also please join the resistance (laughs) yes also please just punch fascists (laughs) yeah so okay so people are like uh all these other monasteries are so easygoing i want to go to like a real hardcore monastery yeah i want to be told i'm a sinner yeah (laughs) tell me i'm bad daddy i mean father <laughs> yeah, so he's got this really popular monastery. Yes, even the canons who'd originally rejected him asked to be part of his reforms. Oh. So that's a sign of how popular it was. Well, 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 look who came crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> All the monks. So the young community at first lived in huts made of wood and clay, uh-huh. arranged like a camp around a chapel. Okay. But they soon built a larger church and a monastery for the religious people who joined in increasing numbers up to the point where they had eight abbeys and two convents which Whoa. means that's why they even let women in Ooh, shocking yeah. <laughs> hey you got the ladies camp across the lake <laughs> norbert he still fucks no yeah. just casting aspersions there yeah <laughs> it's like it, it like just one day he's like hey what if we let some ladies in here? <laughs> that would make it more popular jesus told me to do these i think reforms. that would really spread the word of god it would sow the seeds of religion uh, yes. yeah <laughs> Okay, so so eight abbeys. Yeah, and, and two convents. Two convents and, mm-hmm. and a church. Two churches. Yeah. No, uh, they have one a church. A chapel, a larger church, a yeah. monastery. Right, okay. All the buildings. So it's so big. It's, <laughs> it's so like big. they're playing a game of Carcassonne or something. They're just yeah. expanding. <laughs> so essentially, Norbert produced a community that would be somewhat monastic as far as house ministry. But there was his, his sort of driving force, apparently, was this idea that priests needed a place to be a haven of like contemplative ascetism so i guess like Uh away from the temptations of this world so they could focus on jesus okay so contemplative ascetism yeah 
as opposed the name to just of the game. like horrible deprivation that is normally the case with the sadism, right? I guess so. But also like there were a lot of places around at that time that were just kind of corrupt, you know, like right. in medieval sort of Catholicism times, it'd be all like clerics or clergy extracting money for people to get into heaven and then just spending it on having a good time. Right. And, so, and to be clear, this is this is something that happened just in the Middle Ages. Oh, and thousands again, of years ago. They yeah, cleared it doesn't this happen up now. after yeah. after this. It's all solved. Yeah, it's all, yeah, they've totes. got it all cleared up. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, okay, so people come to the monastery mm-hmm. for to, to be more more holy, right? But one thing was missing from their church: a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Almost relics. Yeah, relics. <laughs> Time to go rob some graves. Pretty much. <laughs> they should was phone he... up Glenn from the St. Gemma Calgary website. I feel like I see him like on a stage, like, go my minions, <laughs> go rob graves. <laughs> <laughs> find the relics and bring them back here. No, so yeah. they went on an expedition to find relics for the church. Okay. Which is just a normal thing. Yeah, it's just totally normal. Like, you know, we believe these people to be among the holiest of the members of our church and great examples that we should try to strive for uh so we should definitely go desecrate their final resting places <laughs> can you imagine like if they were fundraising for that trip like oh just give us some money so we can just go and dig up some people's graves yeah throw us a few bones so we can go find a few bones nice <laughs> uh, you should have done the marketing for them i, I know i always Way more Nobody successful. listens to me. <laughs> Certainly not to this podcast. Oh. <laughs> so, so where did they start going to look for bones? So Norbert led a trip to Cologne to obtain mm. relics for the church. He said to have had a vision in a dream, which led him to the spot where the relics of Saint Ursula and her companions was buried. Oh, okay. He also found the relics of Saint Gerion and other martyrs. So this is like one of the big events of his life is that he God told him where to find the bones right and he brought them back to his so uh, he, he's just stumbling upon, upon a lot of mass graves that he happens <laughs> to know the location of yeah <laughs> okay yeah. well I'm, weird hobby i uh i suspect foul play <laughs> <laughs> like he just he oh he knows That's I, I, so so uncharitable of you matthew <laughs> i think that, you know here's the thing it's a perfect crime like you're worried that people <laughs> might find out about the bodies you buried so you're like uh hey why don't we go look for relics i think there might be some bones over there and then we can find <laughs> bones they're like that's a miracle yeah but you're like, it's like but hang on why does the, the bones of saint ursula look a lot like your friend john who came with you on that barefoot <laughs> snow expedition <laughs> and was never to be seen again i don't know it's saint ursula for sure <laughs> it's like listen buddy unless you want to become relics yourself you better shut your goddamn <laughs> mouth <laughs> Uh, girl, foul play indeed. I think we got to the bottom of this yeah. for sure. Can I just say this is also like you remember when Elon Musk sent his car into space? <laughs> vaguely yeah like so he put he put a tesla on a spacex rocket that was apparently yeah. his personal tesla so and it was then, like, like the first car in space yeah shout out into space what a dickhead. and i was like there's no way there's not a body in that trunk right like there is <laughs> the like, best like, hiding in plain sight the evidence I, yeah i feel like that was like elon musk drove up to tesla one day just like haggard and like <laughs> jittery and unshaven and was like just like, hey guys, we gotta, we gotta, we need to shoot, we need to shoot my car into space. And they're like, why do we need why? to shoot Why? He's like, don't ask space? any questions or I'll <laughs> fire <up>. you. <laughs> it's for science. Shut your fucking <laughs> mouth and do it. <laughs> so yeah, Norbert was the, the proto Elon Musk at this yeah. point in this way. Anyway. <laughs> 
so yeah, it just happened upon a load of relics. Great times. Okay. So he's got um, a bunch of relics. Mm -hmm. So he comes back home with a bunch of bones. Yeah, now his church is legit. Oh, okay. And no huh. one can question that. This is why my <laughs> church never took off. I never stole anybody's bones. <laughs> hey, you could just order some Gemma Galgani relics you know, and start your own shop. We've already discussed how those are not real relics. You, so you don't want to give your hard-earned dollar to Glenn. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of want a piece of St. Jim, but I don't want to encourage people to steal. You don't want steal. him to know where you live. That's the problem. I also don't want to encourage people to grave rob. No. I just, just feel like... It's the official position of St. Misbehaving Podcast that grave robbing, even if you're a saint, is unacceptable. Yeah. No. It's... Yeah. Don't, don't rob However, graves. if you believe that you are a saint and you're planning to rob some graves, do write in because we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, we'd love to know. <laughs> what are you... Any grave robbing tips anybody wants to share? Just let us know. Uh, so... <laughs> So, okay, so we'll publish them on the Patreon. There's a nice incentive. For so now what? Subscribe. <laughs> so that was one of the the missions that he did. The great, okay. the great relic mission. Another significant mission that he took. He went to Antwerp to deal with heretics. <laughs> <laughs> to deal with heretics. It sounds like he got to the city limits and just rolled up his sleeves. All right, I'm gonna deal with these assholes now. <laughs> Let me at them. Let me. <laughs> I don't know what the particular heresy was, hmm. but he went to Antwerp and apparently convinced a lot of heretics that they were wrong. <laughs> so a pretty good, good job. <laughs> it's like, hey, if we just admit that we're wrong, will you leave? <laughs> <laughs> because last time I checked, we were two countries away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they renounced their heresy. So that's, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah. And that earned him the title, the Apostle of Antwerp. So that was one of the, the notches on his saintly CV was that he converted a lot of heretics. <laughs> Bit of a mixed metaphor, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so one day, Count Theobald II of Champagne, mm -hmm. who I assume is like an old friend. Yeah, sounds like a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get any context on him, but I assume he's like a friend from Norbert's like posh fuckboy days. Oh, okay. Of yeah. Like, you know, we'll remember when we used to bet on horses together, that kind of thing. <laughs> They were he comes friends. to find Norbert. He's like, Norbert, I was just in Paris. You know they've invented butt stuff? <laughs> and Norbert's like, look, okay, I've had a hard enough time trying to avoid hand jobs now that I'm holy. <laughs> like, Come on, man. But no, Count Theobald II apparently came to Norbert because he wanted to become a monk. Hmm. So clearly being an aristocratic monk means that you appeal to other aristocratic folk to suggest right. that they should be monks. But Norbert counseled him to remain a layman and to marry. So clearly he was a monk. His old friend shows up and he's like, you, you don't want to do this, mate. Dude, you're not. Listen, <laughs> I know you. You are going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're willing to get struck by lightning and knocked out by a horse. <laughs> I... so it's like, listen, if you've just discovered butt stuff from Paris, don't become a monk. Yeah. Okay, you got to get the butt stuff for both of us. Okay. He's like, no, man, the the butt stuff was too much. I've I've done too much. I need to have, <laughs> need to I, repent. Yeah. I need to repent. It was I've seen too much. <laughs> but no, Norbert advised him not to become a monk and to marry instead. Right. But this guy was insistent that he wanted to still contribute to religious life. So Norbert made up a few rules, and this is said to have been basically become the first example of lay affiliation okay. with the religious order. So you've got your priests who are celibate and then you've got like other people who are just enthusiastic, but it's not like a <laughs> They're just fans. vacation vocation for them. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you can preach, be religious, but you still get to, to try all the new stuff they're promoting in Paris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so wait, so he can still give like a sermon or something. He can preach. Yeah, but like no one will take it that seriously. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I don't I don't really know. I've I've only been to Catholic like mass a few times. I've never seen a lay person give a mass. Okay. I well, mean, they they I don't think they do the mass cuz that's like a sacrament. Yeah. But like you can do a little preaching. Do a little, yeah. Get, maybe get some conversions lesson. on the side or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, this makes me think that Norbert didn't have the most holiest intentions because it was on a trip accompanying Theobald to his marriage mm-hmm. that Norbert was spotted by the Emperor Lothair and the Emperor chose him as the Bishop of Magdeburg. So Norbert went to this wedding that he'd clearly advised his friend to have. Right. And made professional connections. Okay. So you're okay, so you think he arranged this whole thing? Yeah. Okay. I think he still wanted to have a bit of fun. Okay. By the sounds of things. Sure. Who can blame him? <laughs> you gotta get your kicks where you can, right? Especially when I think by this point he basically given all his possessions to the poor. Mm-hmm. So maybe missing his old lifestyle. So having a wedding could have been like the first time he'd had booze in years. Right. I actually had a discussion with my wife today about how a friend of ours might get married soon mm-hmm. and i was like oh i thought all your friends had gotten married i don't want to go to any more weddings wow. <laughs> i'm so over weddings uh, <laughs> see whereas i'm still of the age where i'm like it's free booze <laughs> no i it's just don't want to time do only like two of my friends who are my age have got married yeah see that's the problem is like when you're in your 20s and 30s you're just like all your friends are getting married and you go yeah, to a bunch see, and you're like your wife is in her 30s and you're in yes, your 40s I know, I know, so that's kind of on you yeah that's not my fault so yeah she's i was like i thought all your friends had gotten married and she's like actually hardly any of my friends have gotten married and i was like oh fuck you're right <laughs> so oh. if you get married if you find the right guy one day i don't know me <laughs> just invite me to the reception wait so, so you're saying you do like weddings but not the religious bit yeah well i definitely don't want to go to the religious bit i went to a wedding of two friends who were not religious but they had their wedding in a christian chapel and it was just super uncomfortable it's so dumb yeah like it's like you're making promises to a god that you don't believe in if you get married will like... you let me officiate <laughs> uh, i cannot make any promises that would have to be a, a joint couple decision i've i've done that before You'd fucking forget my name. You'd be like, do you, Anne, take this man, (laughs) Fanny, (laughs) to be your lawful wedded husband? Do you, Danny and Lady Danny? (laughs) (laughs) You both got brown hair. I have no idea. Yeah, Uh, no, sorry. You... You can do a speech, but I you promise, can't officiate. <laughs> I promise I'll learn your names before the wedding ceremony. Wow, I'm touched. <laughs> hey, I mean, neither of us have proposed yet, okay. so well, it's not on the cards anytime soon. Tell Danny that, and maybe that'll put a little light of fire under him. What? If you don't propose to me soon, Matthew will officiate our wedding. <laughs> no. If you, you know, if you, is it Matt have offered to officiate our wedding, and then he'll be like, oh, well, now I do want to get married. <laughs> I feel like like that will be the opposite i feel i feel like if i bring this up danny's gonna try and sell our flat <laughs> wow. wow harsh i'm sorry i didn't mean it <laughs> uh, hurtful uh okay so his, so he makes this connection at the wedding yes. with the emperor mm-hmm. and he becomes the bishop of where magdeburg is that a nice place <laughs> <laughs> well it's a fancy place by the sounds of it oh. because when norbert showed up at magdeburg the porter at the abbey he wouldn't let him in to the bishopy resident because he thought he was a beggar what? and there was like a crowd of people and they pointed out to the porter that this isn't a beggar it's the new bishop of the area but norbert said actually you were right the first time 
that's a sign of like maybe how humbled he was right he was like i'm no big deal i'm just some trump but carry my bindle porter (laughs) yeah but you do need to give me the keys because this is my house yeah yeah i I, i'm I'm kind of a big deal around here i guess but but i don't want to brush my hair i beg your forgiveness but you have to give me those keys (laughs) (laughs) so on taking up his new role at magdeburg norbert was grieved to find that much property belonging to the church and the poor had been usurped by powerful men Mm. and that many of the clergy led scandalous lives so i think he maybe saw a bit of his former self in the the priests at magdeburg some of these priests had been to paris if you know what i mean if you (laughs) know what i mean so norbert carried the love of reform that he'd found in his own life into his new diocese great so he had a drastic change and he was like drastic change worked for me we need it here okay so he was particularly strict about the need for celibacy among priests (laughs) which i'm like like, feel like that's one of the like minimum requirements and somebody in the back was like even hand stuff yes even hand stuff (laughs) what about the new butt stuff especially not butt (laughs) stuff that's rule number one (laughs) If they were rewriting the Ten Commandments, it's like, number one, thou shalt not do butt stuff. (laughs) But he also set about restructuring the finances because there was a lot of corruption and so he wanted to make it more transparent. Yeah. So it's a classic medieval thing of like, you know, oh, pay this tithe to get into heaven. Right. And then the priest would spend that on booze or whatever. So he wanted to it's like, how much that. are we spending on silk monk robes? <laughs> <laughs> this has got to stop. Yeah. I mean, you're a monk. You can deal with hemp. Like, yeah. that's I'm the so- most you can expect. I'm sorry. Why is all the communion wine champagne? Like, <laughs> these are unnecessary expenses. I feel like we... We can save so much church money if we just go for Sainsbury's box wine. Yeah. Like... That is cost cutting 101. Surprisingly, not all these reforms were popular. (laughs) There was a a protest march. We demand hand stuff. We demand (laughs) hand stuff. You you can take our (laughs) hand jobs, but you'll never take our freedom. Exactly. So yes, in his reforms, Norbert made many enemies. And in fact, there were three attempts made on his life. (laughs) So he was not a popular guy. Which again, I think, I feel like that shows his dedication to the cause. You know, he was so devout that he didn't even care. I mean, we saw earlier that he just lost friends in pursuit of his holiness. So here he's making enemies. After three assassination attempts, he was kind of a bit disheartened, let's Mm. say. It, you know what, I feel like after the third assassination attempt, anybody's going to be feeling a bit down about themselves. It's like, it, it's, it's me, right? I'm, I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, the first one, I could, I could see how that would be your problem. But yeah, yeah. that guy's crazy. Isolated incident. Happens the second time. Maybe Not that was so isolated. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at that point, he left the city because he was so disgusted by everyone's desire to stick to the old ways of doing stuff. But he returned at the... I love this. Like, what would Jesus do? Um, Give up. Run? Yeah. (laughs) He certainly wouldn't allow himself to be killed. (laughs) Nice. So he was soon called back, not because the citizens missed him, but because the emperor and the pope pressured him to go back. So classic succumbing to what the management wants. This is uh, like, uh, hey, man, we don't care if you die, but we need this job done. Yeah. 
dedicated to the course for yeah. sure so as far as i can tell he did go back stayed there for a while then in 1130 uh-huh. pope innocent ii was elected in rome again but it's just the most suspicious name for a pope yeah <laughs> you cannot get a more suspicious name <laughs> <laughs> Pope who, me? No. (laughs) Yeah, so Pope Innocent II was elected in 1130, but there was a schism because some people wanted Anacletus II, who Uh... was an anti-pope, which sadly just means someone that other people think should have been pope. But I think it should mean like, you know, someone who's like, yeah, fuck whoever you want. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the Bible doesn't matter. Who is Jesus? I don't care. Like that would have been a way more fun anti-pope. I would love if every time they elected a pope, they elected an anti-pope who was out there trying to undo <laughs> everything the pope's doing. Not that the pope's doing everything wrong. It's just like, hey, does everyone? Just yeah, fun. there's some Everybody, things, to be fair. It, it seems like, yeah. It'd be like fun just if- throwing it like at, at the papal like, inauguration, just throwing out free condoms <laughs> would yeah. have been great. I mean, yeah, just like it's it's the Pope's nemesis, right? Like, I love the Pope as like a superhero. And then like the anti-Pope is, is always like, I'll get you next time, Pope. <laughs> and he, he flies away on his Pope glider. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's surely a flying Pope-mobile. Uh, <laughs> but Norbert supported Innocent and resisted Anacletus mm-hmm. to the point where he advised Lothar, the Holy Roman Empire, who'd given him his bishop job, right. to lead an army to Rome to protect Innocent's claim to the papacy. Okay. So Norbert accompanied Lothar to Rome and helped ensure, I think by violent means, that Innocent ended up crowned Pope. Oh, so <laughs> so, so Norbert's out there just like murdering people now. <laughs> I couldn't or... find direct confirmation of that, but that was sort of implied, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. This guy's got yeah. a fun life. <laughs> he, it's been certainly been eventful. Fair so, enough. as a result, Norbert was made Archbishop of Magdeburg. Oh, okay. For supporting the right guy, but on returning from Rome, turned out he caught malaria at some point along the way. Ah. So, <laughs> if you're doing some religious wars, you gotta be careful yeah. about getting malaria. So yeah. he finally succumbed to the disease. On this day, 6th of June, 1134, that was when he died. R.I.P. So wait, so he he died of the malaria? Yes, that he'd got on his war trip. So he never got to be archbishop? So he was archbishop for a tiny bit, but Uh I don't think he made much of it. No, that's too bad. But yeah, that was was him. So he was was this fuckboy, and then he had a conversion, and then he tried to convert everyone else, basically. That was... And then when that didn't work, he tried to murder a bunch of motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, you know, he tried to murder people on his gap year. But inadvertently, actually, he wasn't trying. But yeah, that was Norbs. So wait, so was his relics plundered? Good question. So when he died, both the canons at his cathedral, which I think is called St. Norbert, and the canons at another place called St. Mary's Abbey, both claimed the body. So okay. they they ended up asking King Lothar. Oh, I hope this ends in a tug of war over a corpse. <laughs> oh, I wish. In the end, Lothar decreed that the body should indeed be buried at the Norbertine Abbey. Right. But then, about 400 years later, in 1524, <laughs> Martin Luther preached in Magdeburg. Uh-huh. And as a result, Magdeburg became Protestant. <laughs> Whoa, man, that guy was good. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even have to kill anyone. They, they yeah. were just all on board. So because of that, because Norbert was a Catholic saint, he couldn't uh-huh. stay there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so numerous attempts were made over the centuries 
by the Abbey of Strahov in Prague uh-huh. to retrieve Norbert's body. And only after several military defeats at the hand of Emperor Ferdinand II was the Abbot of Strahov able to claim the body. So on the 2nd of May, 1627, so a full 103 years after Martin Luther and, and 500 years after Norbert died, uh-huh. the body was brought to Prague, where it remains to this day, displayed as an auto icon in a glass-fronted tomb. So uh, we could do the St. Misbehaving tour and go and visit Norbs in Prague. So wait, so when you say that he couldn't stay in Germany mm-hmm. because it was Protestant, yeah, it wasn't the Protestants who had a problem with that. No, it, it was, was the, the Catholics. Catholics. They were like, yeah, ew. Okay. <laughs> We, we can't have him stay here. He'll get Protestant cooties. Yeah, okay, yeah. So like the prods were like, it's fine. He's just buried here. Yeah. We have no problem with it. And they were like, no. Like, no, get the, <laughs> get the spades. we got to do some grave digging. We need to respect this man and dig up his goddamn <laughs> body. Move it. To be fair, from how he treated other people's relics, I feel like that's what he would have wanted. Yeah. Oh, no. For real. That's, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it was Disturb just, yeah. my corpse, please. Yeah. Look. <laughs> If somebody doesn't make a bunch of relics out of my body, I was really hoping yeah. you were going to say that the emperor was just like, we need to cut the body in half and put it into. <laughs> like, is that Solomon? Who yeah, yeah. That? So it's yeah. like, if it's like a King Solomon one, it's like, no, no, don't cut it in half. <laughs> you oh, can have the one. skull and I'll have the feet. <laughs> right. You know, they, they divvying up. It's like, you know, picking mm-hmm. teams in, in grade school where it's just like, uh, I I'll want take the femur. Femur. And it's like, okay, well, I'm taking the tibia. All right. Well, I want the ribs. And it's like, well, I want the pelvis. Oh, shit. You can have six ribs each surely should have for the pelvis <laughs> well that was the bit that got all the action anyway at least before <laughs> his conversion so yeah he was canonized in 1582 by pope gregory the 13th uh-huh. and his statue appears above the piazza colonnade of st peter's basilica in rome so he's right. kind of a big deal because of his general reforms and right. missions to places and his support of pope innocent yeah, mm. he was also a big deal. Was he was his statue put up by Pope Innocent? I don't think so, because he wasn't venerated until the oh, 16th right, right, yeah. century. Well, so that was Pope Gregory the Thirteenth. Right, right. Okay. So uh, yeah, he had led an eventful life. Yeah, like a popular dude. Mm-hmm. You see why uh, people like him. Uh, does he have any festivals or anything? I don't think so. It's like so Saint Norbert's Day being today, it's like an unofficial, non-mandatory celebration. From what oh. I find out, he had like a couple of miracles. So he did. When he was traveling around, he did casting out demons, as we discussed. Totally religious miracle, right? Yeah, curing a blind lady. Mm -hmm. But also, apparently, on one occasion, while he was doing Holy Communion, a poisonous spider fell into his goblet. (laughs) (laughs) On accident? Yeah. Is this one of the assassination attempts? (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. But he trustingly drank the Holy Communion with the spider in the goblet. So he knew? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And he drank it anyway, because he trusted in the Lord. And the spider crawled out of his nose. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ooh, um, that is not a miracle. That is. <laughs> I feel like you would have rather been poisoned by the spider than that ha- than have that happen to you. Here's the thing: like, if there's a spider in my wine, I'd rather just die. I yeah. do not want it coming out of my nose. <laughs> yeah. For, here's the thing: poisonous or not. <laughs> If a spider falls in my wine, I'm just like, well, that spider's got to come out. Like, yeah. That's just, well, it did like, come out of his nose. <laughs> no, it's got to come out before I drink it. It's not, I mean. I don't care if this is the blood of Christ. I'm pouring this on the floor because I'm yeah. not drinking it with a spider in it. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, Garcon, can I get a new cup of wine here? There seems to be a spider in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and 
apparently is poisonous. Uh, yeah. Also but the point thing. is he trusted in the Lord. So the spider didn't poison him. It just crawled out of his nose. And that's how you know you found favor with God. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm really enjoying this because you're so uncomfortable. I am. I Well, I just... I feel like... Okay, so the spider wasn't poisonous. And then mm. the spider can just, like, go away. It, just, like, <laughs> it doesn't have like, to crawl out his nose. It can it crawl, crawl out of the cup before it goes in his mouth. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> is... Can you just like the thought of I've swallowed something? It is now crawling up the back of my throat <laughs> into my, my nasal passage. Yeah, through my sinuses, down Ugh. my nose, Ugh. and then out onto my lip. Like what? <laughs> Maybe he just thought it was really strong communion wine. And then at that point, you know, how are you not like? <laughs> <laughs> he just he just took a bow and was like, ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit. Hey, give a give a round of applause for the spider, everybody. <laughs> I just yeah, how do you not just like then swat it away? Like Ugh. that's <laughs> this, there's nothing good. It's about a miracle. This. It's a miracle, Matthew. It's not Don't a miracle. question it. It's a miracle. <laughs> uh, so what do you think his patronages were? Uh was he the <laughs> patron saint of hand stuff? Uh was he <laughs> I think we should make an official campaign for him to be the patron saint of hand stuff. Was he the patron saint of party boys? He was not. Uh, well, okay. So what? his relics ended up in Prague, which in the Middle Ages, uh, the Czech Republic was known as Bohemia. So uh. he's the patron saint of Bohemia. And if uh. you interpret Bohemia as like Bohemian, then maybe, you know, party boys, there's mm. a, a relation there, but only very tenuous. The party. So he's the, potentially the patron saint of Bohemians. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But officially uh, just the patron saint of Bohemia. Bohemia, right. Uh-huh. Hmm. Is he the patron saint of having cold feet? <laughs> no. Of, of frostbite? Did, did, it, <laughs> did it say that he oh, lost I any see. toes? He only, all he lost was two friends, as far as I can <laughs> no, tell. Well, that's all right. You can always make more friends. You can't get more toes. Yeah, exactly. That would have been a real miracle if he'd grown two toes back. But no, he just let two friends die. Uh, is he the patron saint of networking? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he should have been that, but no. Yeah. What is? What are his patronages? So he's the patron saint of Magdeburg. Sure. Makes sense. Also, Does that place still exist? Oh, good question. <laughs> no, Let me on. have a look. <laughs> Magdeburg is the capital and second largest city of the German state of Saxony Anhalt, situated on the Elbe River. So yeah, I think mm. it does still exist. Okay. Looks yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. We should find an Airbnb there for our world tour. Okay. <laughs> I only want to take so many vacations with you. I just want to make that clear. Well, yeah, but if we did like two weeks where we went to all the places, we could sure. do that. Say one night in each place. Maybe. <clears throat> If you want me to carry on researching these, you're going to have to give me a free holiday. That's the deal. Fine. We'll see I, what you can do. I'm sorry if I did not make this clear enough when I agreed to do the research. Okay, okay. So he was a patron of Bohemia, Magdeburg, for peace, which <laughs> confuses me given that one of his major accomplishments was like starting <laughs> an a army. war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was convincing one guy to invade to go, Rome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah, a bit of a misplaced one, that one. And then also, again, confusing because it doesn't seem to have anything to do with his life story. But he's often invoked by pregnant people and people who are about to go into labor against birth complications. Huh. Which, I mean, maybe that's related to the spider coming out of his nose. I don't really know. (laughs) Yes, if the complication you're trying to prevent against is having... (laughs) A baby out of your nostrils. (laughs) Or giving birth to a spider. Then, yeah. (laughs) He's the guy He's the guy. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's who else has that kind of expertise? Nobody. (laughs) 
Yeah, especially since, like, was there, I don't think there was any mention of birth in the story. No. At the very least, you think. Especially because, you know, all the hand and butt stuff he was doing, he wasn't getting anyone Mm. pregnant. Yeah, well, I'm sure he was doing some other more Mm. conventional things. So he. (laughs) Don't be so judgmental. This is a sex positive podcast. It is. And, but I would think, and I don't, I don't, maybe this is my sexism, but like, Uh wouldn't you think that any saint involved in birth would probably be a woman? I think that it would be fairer for a saint to be to have a patronage related to birth to be someone who had been through that process yes yeah i mean i don't know if only it's not fair for him to take all the credit for like birth givers i'm trying to figure out where the sexism of the church lies on this because i was just saying like (laughs) so from the church's perspective you would think that anything that i do with women's stuff they would just assign women saints to that but then at the same time i guess like all the lady saints probably are virgins because Mm. you know catholic churches weirdly obsessed with purity so saint matilda yeah saint matilda who had a bunch of disappointing children so yes yeah maybe she should be the the saint of uh, birth givers well except for that her children all had the birth defect of being disappointed (laughs) (laughs) i'd say that's not a condition you get given at birth it's more how you're raised but yeah no i just or yeah i just i don't know Eh, yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah. it sounds like you know the bit for, for his patronage is being full peace and against birth complication. Maybe he's really the patron saint of taking credit for stuff that other people have done. Mm, perhaps. Yeah, I could see him doing that. Well, because he also is. Yeah, because he also took credit for that guy who used to sing his. Uh, yeah. His chants. Yeah, very true. You know, I wonder if he'd be really stopped playing that guy to sing those chants for him. <laughs> I honestly think he sounds like a cooler dude before his conversion. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He sounded like he was a lot. Like he would be really annoying. Like he yeah. sounded. He sounded like a, a bit difficult entitled. friend. Yeah. Like you know, he'd, he'd flaky. Like he'd break dates and you know, <laughs> yeah. you'd, be, you'd make plans to hang out and he'd just like not show up and pay you know, someone or, else to go instead. <laughs> or he'd ask them to do something and they just show up drunk or whatever. Yeah. You know, just the kind of bad friend behavior. Mm. I don't know. He got maybe too into it. I feel like he overcorrected. Mm. Yes. Like he could have been, so. you know, giving a lot of money. To the poor and doing good works and things like without that. Without like, killing his friends. <laughs> without killing his friends. Like, that's yeah. all great. Just getting really deep into the administration of monasteries, it felt yeah. really like yeah, just not much. as virtuous i guess mm. but uh but anna do you think you'd ever see a point where you would it, ask for saint norbert to uh <laughs> intercede for you well you know he's he's meant to be the patron against birth complications but i feel right. like if i were pregnant and i was worried that i might have birth complications he would not be a good guy to pray to because he'd probably fuck it up because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem like he paid much attention in school or he um, would outsource it to somebody who would be really good at it yeah that's true he's got connections he should be the patron saint of outsourcing yeah <laughs> I also, it was weird, I had like a a weird encounter on Instagram the other day where I started chatting to someone from my school who was like one of the kind of rebellious cool kids. And I remember thinking, oh, it was really weird. Like she was friends with me, even though I was a massive dweeb and she was kind of cool and rebellious. And then I remembered that she used to pay me to do her homework. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's why. (laughs) And like, it was like, yeah, that that kind of remote, maybe I should call her Norbert now because like, that <laughs> right. sounds like the kind of thing he'd do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if I ever needed to convince a king to like mm-hmm. give me a sweet position, well, yeah, yeah, or grant or something. Or I guess if you accidentally murdered one of your friends 
and you needed a great excuse to be acquitted of responsibility there. Right. He had some pretty innovative ideas about that. <laughs> or if I ever had to pass off past victims as, as holy relics. Mm. Like, I mean, That's the what other I'm thing, saying. see, I'm never going to kill my friends like this. I'm never going hiking. Which so. is sad that you don't consider me a friend. <laughs> it means I'm not ruled out here. Well, yeah, but I'm still not going hiking with people I'm not friends with. So oh, okay. So no hiking at all. <laughs> no hiking your at basic all. Stamp. No. Yeah. It's not like I, I, don't, I don't go hiking with friends. It's too too intimate a relationship. <laughs> keep to go your enemies, with. <laughs> keep your friends hiking, and your enemies even less hiking. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, something like that. Keep your friends stationary and your enemies hiking. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So had a checkered past, but he kind of yeah, came he around. Turned it around. Yeah, I think I feel like more could have been made of his conversion he could have been the patron saint of people realizing that they were a dick in a previous life yeah. <laughs> that should really be like yeah the patron saint of like like serious self-examination yeah like... <laughs> introspection yeah exactly yeah that's what that's what we need is a yeah. patron saint of like just really taking stock of what you're doing with your life and do you reckon the catholic church more? doesn't value introspection enough to have a patron saint of that i feel like they don't want people asking too many questions <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't think they have the ultimately Enough very answers. satisfying answers. Yeah. But if you dig too deep in it. Um, and that is the message of the Saint Misbehaving Podcast. Yeah. Have That's a blessed why... day. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>